Good everyone. Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. Got a special episode for everyone today. Instead of covering, because as you are well aware, the podcast usually focuses on football on Tuesdays and video games on Thursdays. A big film was released on HBO Max a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago called Justice League Snyder Cut. And I wanted to bring on two guests. Bill, who you remember from the prior Avengers episode, and another friend of mine, Kevin, who I met through my cousin out in California. Both of them are avid Marvel and DC nerds. Like, I'm not kidding when I say once I let these guys off the rails, they will not stop. So I'm excited to see where this episode goes. Wherever you're listening to this, whether it be Apple uh, Podcasts, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Anchor, uh, let me know your thoughts, your reviews, and if this is something you'd like me to pursue, because I could easily make this part of the weekend episode where, because there's so much we can cover in the Marvel and DC universe, whether it be WandaVision, which just came out, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is currently running, Black Widow, which is scheduled to come out in a couple months. Like, There's so much that we can dive into, and I would probably have them on more so in future episodes as well. So let me know in your, uh, your thoughts and the reviews and all that stuff, because this is something I could definitely pursue going forward. But I'm excited to see where this podcast goes. I have a feeling because this is a four-hour movie we're going to cover, I um, and I'm really excited to see where it goes, because like I said, once I let these guys off, it's, it's going to go on. <laughs> so... Hope you guys enjoy and let me know your thoughts. And I'm joined today by not one, but two of my friends, geeks, nerds, whatever the hell you want to call us, uh, Kevin and Phil. Phil was on earlier when we talked Avengers, and I just couldn't help myself with my friend. I actually know him through my cousin way out in California, but I think you're from New York, aren't you, Kevin? I sure am. There you go. So we're the New York boys, but you've moved on to bigger and better things. We had to bring on Kevin because Kevin is like our Marvel DC comic nerd, aficionado, whatever you want to call yourself. And today we're going to talk about, boys, the Justice League Snyder Cut. And I have no idea where this conversation is going to go from Superman's lips. Yeah, it's going to be, I cannot wait. I really cannot. Before, But before we go into the weeds of all this... I was going to go a round table of all three of us cover list one thing you liked about the Snyder cut and it could be pertaining unique to Snyder's cut itself or just justice league in general. And one thing you didn't like, and since I'm the host and I don't want you guys to steal mine, I'm going to go first. <laughs> so for me, the first thing I liked about the Snyder cut, and it's really hard is I, if I had to pick something, I would probably say the nightmare universe. So there was a lot more delving into it. I know Batman Superman kind of started it, you know, with Batman in the far future apocalypse or a uh, dark side coming to earth, making it like apocalypse Batman, presumably trying to get kryptonite to kill Superman and blah, 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 blah. And we know that. And I love how they expanded upon it further in justice league and with the Joker at the end. And it's not a spoiler because he's in the trailer. And I should just say right up point, we could spoil the shit out of this, by the way, guys, because people who are coming here are presumably have already seen it. 
So this is going to be a spoiler-heavy one. So if you haven't seen it yet, I recommend it because I do Why like this movie. Why are you listening to this then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we can spoil it. I like how they did the after credit scene and then they proceeded to go further between Cyborg seeing the Nightmare Vision and then Batman with having that ragtag group at the end. So we can get into much more detail on that. But I was really excited to see that and that the plans were to expand upon that in future movies. So I think that's what sets it apart from one, the Whedon cut, and two, what would have made it a unique entry in just uh, superhero movies. Now, my what I didn't like is I did not like the sound design in this movie. Like, especially right off the bat. And it's not that I don't like Wonder Woman's main theme with the violin, but it's like, didn't the audio just seemed wonky to me? And not the sound, but like the music. It just didn't, it just seemed hokey to me. Like when Aquaman shows up, like when Bruce first meets Aquaman or Arthur Curry, and it just didn't match. It was like random ladies singing like tribal warfare chants. And I'm like, we're not in with the Amazons though. And we're hearing this. I'm like, it just didn't match to me. You know what? Going off of that, I'm going to add a little bit to that. I didn't like, too, the fact that they played each of the heroes' themes every freaking time. It's like when you saw <laughs> Man of Steel, you get the Man of Steel theme. Yeah, it's a good theme, but you constantly get hit with it. Again, with Wonder Woman, you get that same Amazon theme. Uh, every Each one has their own theme. It's like, listen, we get it. We know who the heroes are. I also didn't like, you know, I'm going to get a little bit into this, too. Um, yeah, go for it. I didn't like his music selection either, too. No, like some of the no. songs he picked, they were okay, but they just some of them were a little off putting, and it was just uh, it made either the scene a little it just didn't fit the scene at times, or it made it too dramatic where you're like, okay, you know, I know what you're going at, but that's just it's not hitting the mark for me. And I think you're right on the money where I think, Phil, you just you overbeat the drum. Like, even though Batman, uh, Superman was kind of ant to me, the one thing they did right was Wonder Woman coming in. When her music plays in that part with Doomsday, it's great because they don't overdo it. But in Justice League, it's not as epic, in my opinion, anyway. So I agree with you. Um, That's all I had for my part. Like I said, we're obviously going to get into the weeds. But, Phil, since you were talking, you can go next. Uh, what do you like one thing and what don't you like? Cause we know Kevin's got a list because so, once Kevin starts people, we're going to go on a wild ride. Yeah. Cause Kevin likes to ride me and fill up. So, oh yeah. Once Kevin's we let Kevin go, it's going to be. <laughs> you guys are hyping me up. I hope your audience understands who I am really. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I liked about this was number one, they completely changed the feel of this whole film. I know that's not one thing, but I like how they actually made the characters a little bit more. I mean, they were very shallow with Josh Whedon's version, but I like yep. how they ex- expanded on this. Like they made Cyborg a lot I was better. Say they gave that was him actually tons be of Cyborg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Batman, they made him more less the grumpy old fucking Batman, and actually <laughs> made him into a hero that's he's an anti-hero, but he knows what the stakes are and what he was doing. And how and why he has to get everybody together because this dark side, that's the ultimate, you know, bad guy, and he's the one that could really screw everything up. Um, what I didn't like and really ticked me off was slow motion, man. 
I mean, <laughs> constant use. What was the tweet, Bill, you sent to us? Emotion. How much percentage of the movie? Wasn't it like 10% of the movie? Brandon actually texted me. It was like or was it Brandon? Somebody sent it. Yeah, it was 10%. And then I did the yeah. the the simple math of like what four, what 10% of four hours was. And it's like almost 30 minutes of the film. Oh, oh I, honestly, if he if he cut Especially that, that Wonder down, Woman fight scene in the beginning, that was obnoxious. It didn't need to be that overdone. Like right when she's doing the... Uh, the hostage situation no. like oh my god that whole scene was oh yeah absolutely also i didn't like the with the cyborg the football scene like that didn't need to be all um slow, slow motion, motion. No. like i know that you can have a dramatic but you could have the whole scene play out and at the very end when he's jumping over the goal or whatever he's doing that's when you slow motion down and like the cheering afterwards that's where you make it more, you know, it hits home. It feels really like, oh, that was a big accomplishment. When you do it all slow motion and how much he was using, it felt just pretentious to me. It was like, okay, yeah, this is all, you're seeing his eyes, you're seeing his sweat, you're seeing him juke and jive. And yeah, I know it's a memory, but it, it didn't need to be a slow motion scene. And also when Arthur Curry, you know, Aquaman was going in the water, Another slow motion scene. Wonder Woman, <laughs> slow motion scene. Flash, it works perfectly because you want to give him it makes sense for him. Yes. Wasn't there a okay. moment too where it was just like the scenery and the camera was panning like slow motion? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think that was <laughs> middle of the film where there were, uh, I think it was when they're flying or something like that. And it was like, why is it slow motion? Yep. <laughs> but I'm going to, now I'm going to turn it over to Kevin. So he starts now. So, oh boy. Um, so I think my m- one of my favorite moments, one of my favorite parts of the entire film was Cyborg himself. And you can tell oh. the difference between what truly Cyborg was supposed to be for the Justice League film and what the Justice League um, film created. And, and you can see how much of uh, the heart of the film was all about Cyborg himself, which is funny because he's the one that you know, he's cybernetic. He doesn't have an actual physical human heart. So to, to make the the cyborg of the sh- of the film be the heart of the film, I thought was a really, really, really good idea. Um, and it was executed really well and really nicely. Um, almost as if he, throughout the film, you, you almost saw that he was the actual leader of the group. He wasn't the sidekick. He wasn't you know, one of the Justice League, but he he literally moved the, the team forward and you really got to see that. And it was one of my favorite parts because there was not a lot of dialogue um, when he gets to his father's workplace and, hit, and the, the doors open and it's him leading the group to resurrect um, Superman. And it was just a nice little look between father and son seeing what he created and what that creation has led to. You know, he created a, per- a person through with the mother boxes and created uh, Cyborg himself, but he mm-hmm. saw the accomplishment of what that creation was. So it, it was a very proudful moment. And you can tell from Cyborg's point of view where it's like, yeah, this is who I am now. I'm no longer in fear of what people will think of me. I'm no longer trying to hide. I am front and center and I am leading a group of demigods, of metahumans, of rich billionaire people. They're following my lead 
into what we're about to do next. So I really love uh, the portrayal of Cyborg in this film. One of my least favorite things uh, is the actual epilogue sequence. I did not like the nightmare sequence, not because it was the nightmare sequence, um, but because I felt that as much as I want the restore the Snyder cut situation to happen, just like, you know, release the Snyder cut, just like back in 2017, I was hoping, you know, that justice league was going to be this grand thing that came out at that point. I felt that it's, this film wasn't so much as a closure, which should have been, you know, just in case Warner brothers is like, we're not going to continue. Um, just like they were for the past, like four or five years, uh, since the original Justice thing came out. So I felt like the nightmare sequence was uh, a little bit too much of a heartache in the sense that we don't know if we're ever going to get Justice League 2, Justice League 3 from Zack Snyder. So this was a tease that shouldn't have happened. There should have been some sort of closure for the fans that actually wanted this film to come out. Okay, I want to expand on that because I agree 100% with that, with the nightmare scene. And I was going to bring this up later, is that I like the nightmare scene, but it felt tacked on at the end for sure. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it, he had all his hopes in this, that it was going to expand, you know, and they're going to make the two or three after all the fan reaction to get how they've done it so far. But yeah. it, it, it was ridiculous because, again, you have all this interesting things and it really, that scene redeemed me, uh, Jared Leto's Joker for me. I really liked him. But again, though, it felt like this is going nowhere. I mean, mm -hmm. you just, we're probably not going to see anything more of this. And how did we get to this point? Like, I know they took bits and parts from Batman versus Superman, you know, the nightmare flashes and mm -hmm. whatnot, but you know, this wasn't expanded enough. How did it get this far? Yeah, I know Superman's this big bad now for Darkseid, but you didn't expand enough, so now you're just leaving us essentially cinematically blue-balled, mm -hmm. you know? Right now, <laughs> that's how I feel. You guys are killing me right now. <laughs> but no, I agree with you guys. I think they could have phrased, because didn't they film that sequence? Not the first one that Cyborg saw, because obviously that was already filmed, but the one with uh, Joker, wasn't that filmed after? Yeah, you know I mean, didn't he that, was, that, yeah. that wasn't that was filmed. Zack Snyder's, um, it was like a fan service, and, and he admitted, he, yeah. you know, he said that if, you know, they didn't continue with the Snyderverse, um, that he wanted to at least give the fans one scene between Batman and Joker, since that's such, you know, a very historic relationship. He wanted at least in his universe to give the fans a Joker and Batman sequence. Mind you, they don't want to, you know admit that joker and batman already had a scene in the suicide squad um because no one really likes yeah. that movie either but <laughs> um, i understood where he came from wanting to add the joker at some point to to give that fan service i wish it was more in the current time period not in the epilogue so at least we could have had like a one-off scene so we didn't have that that inconclusive story you know now we're yeah. like we need that, you know, Justice League 2 and Justice League 3. But, you know, uh, Anne, I think her name is, the uh, producer at Warner Brothers who shut down any ideas. Anne Zarnoff? Something like that. You know, she, you know, yeah. she came out. She, I don't even think they waited for the movie to even hit HBO Max before that interview was actually made. It just got released like the Monday after. 
So they literally yep. just gave the fans a weekend to be like, hey, you guys were screaming and hollering and hashtagging us for four years. You got your weekend. Now shut up. And it's like, mm, <laughs> you shouldn't have done. That's really bad. Like to me, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if I was, you know, Walter Hamada or any uh, anyone who has a share uh, with Warner Media, be like, I don't think you should release, you know, that conversation right after the week no, that no, the movie no, no, comes no. out. Yeah. What if the person, no. what if someone wants to wait an extra weekend before they sit down and watch, you know, the movie? Now they're like, well, why do I want to spend four hours watching this film when the executives at Warner Media just said, don't expect a sequel? And it's like, why would yeah. you do that? Why would you literally like stab this 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 thing to death when it just got resurrected? Yeah, and to be clear, I like the concept of the nightmare verse, but I agree with what you're saying, Kevin. Of they did blue ball, or Phil was saying too, of blue balling us at the end. Mm-hmm. I like the concept of nightmare because it was unique. The only thing I didn't like about the nightmare universe, and I like I said, it was one of my favorite parts in the movie. I don't, I agree with you. I don't think it should have been at the epilogue either. I think they could have phrased it in better because it's whenever Bruce sleeps or whatever to the visions, like they could have blended it in better with the movie. But what I don't like is they're clearly hinting at Batman's the reason the universe is effed up because he's not willing to, at least if you follow Joker, which we know he's an unreliable narrator, but Joker basically hinting at, well, Bruce, because you weren't afraid to take the hit, you know, Lois dies and we're in this situation. And I don't feel yeah. like that follows Batman's character because when have you known Batman to like run from a fight? You know what I mean? Bruce is the type of guy exactly. who would jump on the grenade. That doesn't like it's like they were trying to steal a scene from Tony uh, Tony Stark and Avengers because Tony was a guy who wouldn't yeah. do that, but he did at the end. He learned to. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't fit Batman's Which, personality that you know. You know, it's very funny that you say that because it, they, they all talked about in Avengers how Tony would not be the guy who would take the bullet, who would take the fall, who would take right. the grenade, but in almost every single avenger movie tony's the one doing the self-sacrifice the heroic movement to literally lead a bomb away from the oh, city right. avenger did that. <laughs> he, he did that from the very beginning and i'm like yes he is a you know what does he say a, a billionaire playboy philanthropist blah 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 he's selfish yeah. self-centered narcissistic but he does what needs to be done but that's yeah. avengers is a different topic we're talking about justice league here um, you know, I, I, but you know what though, Kevin, though, what's up? you're always going to link them. I hate to say it. I think that, as you said, that we were all excited to see these justice league movies back in 2017. Cause we thought that this justice league could be the next competitor to a Marvel, you know, the Avengers or even at least on the same scale. Mm-hmm. That's what we're hoping to. So that's why I feel like you're always going to be comparing a them to Marvel movies and to oh, this saying sure. that here's what this was here's the avengers what they did really well and correct and here's where the Zack snyder's and the you know wb's had a chance and did okay but didn't hit the mark yeah well, even now like what you were saying phil uh, and kevin was saying when they released the statement immediately saying shut it down in a way it was stupid to do that because Right now, oh, yeah. you have a power vacuum because Avengers is done. I know they're going to do future Avenger movies and stuff, but right now there's a power vacuum. There isn't yeah. another know of like this is the time for Justice League to hit. You know what I mean to do the three Snyderverse movies. And not only that, but like this film literally paved the way for them to restore the DCEU that they initially tried to do 
um, way back with Man of Steel, and then when they, yep. you know, went further in with Batman versus Superman and Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they try to make you know this this ginormous world that somewhere along the way it stumbled, it fell, it lost a lot of the fans' uh, trust on them, and you know you you got this film from from Zack Snyder because you know Zack Snyder could have made the Snyder cut you know, its own world. And he's like, hey, there's no interconnectedness. There's, you know, there's no paths where like you can take from this film and branch off. But he didn't. He gave you a movie that said, hey, if you want to use anything from this film and take these characters and move them someplace else, you totally can. He paved, you know, um, what the Flash movie could have been, what the next Wonder Woman could be, what Aquaman's next film could be, what, you know, a Batman movie can be, a Superman movie. He he created, you know, the beginning of what could be a beautiful uh, universe, you know, just like, you know, uh, like we said, yep. they're always going to be compared with the MCU, just like the MCU started doing with, you know, Iron Man. You know, they went solo films mm-hmm. first and then they created the universe with Avengers. I, I feel like, you know... It, at this point with the Snyder cut, the Snyder cut is the Iron Man. It starts, you know, the DCEU and he gave you so many branches and you literally just clipped all those branches and said, no, this tree is not going to live. This tree's not going to li- uh, breathe. And it's like, why would you do that? You literally just gained back the trust of so many fans that like lost it with you guys because of how horrible You've been treating, you know, their fan service. And then you just did it again. Like, you just had had four years of them telling you, listen to us. We are the fans. We read the comics. We grew up with these characters. We love them. We will give you money. We will give you everything to give us exactly what we want. And then you give it to them for free. You know, yes, you have to get HBO Max. But you give it to them for free. And then you're like, okay, now we don't want you again. And it's like, why would you do that? Why Why would you think that that was a good idea for you to say to the fans, F you, you got your movie, so. shut up. Now let's do what they call the Hamada verse because it's Walter Hamada's where it's like a darker, edgier solo films. They're not going to be interconnected. We're going to talk about the multiverse, but not really. And it's like, you're going to lose a lot of people's like mindset because, you know, movie theaters, go- goers, not all of them understand the comic book world. You know, some of them are literally just movie fans that, you know, know the, the the Marvel characters based on what the MCU has given them. They don't know the actual comic book lore. And it's like you're going to lose them because they're going to be lost. They don't know what the multiverse is going to be like. They don't know what happened, where and when and how. And now you're telling the people who know this, who will follow along, hey, we don't want you. We want the average Joe. I think you're right, Kevin, and that's what I think separates the two universes, and it kind of gets back to DC not having a Kevin Feige at the top to kind of be patient and see mm-hmm. this through a vision, and I think that's what hurts this uh, series, is they need jerk so quickly. Ultimately, DC right now, at least DC Films, not DC Comics, but DC Films reminds me of Fox when they had X-Men and Sony when they had Spider-Man, not the game, but the movie rights. Mm-hmm. Basically, what you yeah. reverts to is they release a Batman, Superman, sometimes Wonder Woman, and then they reboot. They do two or three movies, then they reboot. And they just keep rebooting franchises, similar to what Fox did with X-Men. Three X-Men movies, reboot. Three X-Men movies, reboot. It. And that's what keeps happening over and over and over and over. And you're not building anything. Like, Yep. Yeah, the, the studios more, I feel like, 
that since it's owned by a big company, WB, again, doesn't have its own studio, doesn't have a head in charge. They're owned by AT&T, and I feel like AT&T sees this, and they're more reactionary. They're knee-jerking it, like Kevin has said, is that they see this, and they see that it either gets bad ratings, or it maybe might not be up to standards, or it's not for the general audience, as I did in air quotes, um, they just say, okay, well, well, you know what we're going to do is we're going to go in this direction. We're going to go try to do this direction. They don't have a path because when they do start that path, <laughs> either chicken out or they just say, well, <coughs> you know, like personally to me, I'm not a big fan of Zack Snyder at all. And mm-hmm. I did not like any of his films, really, even some of the movies I've been talking about. But I feel like he did pretty good with trying to make Justice League as best as you can. And I like that he did branch. Yeah, and it is what Kevin said, too. It's beautiful that they can branch off. Like, you know how there's that nightmare world and Flash goes back in time, you know, during uh, Batman versus Superman and says, hey, stop Lois. They could make a Flashpoint out of that by having uh, Barry Allen go back in time but get lost in the time stream or in the alternate universe and creating that flashpoint that's where they could come off of that Snyderverse instead of having to redo everything and it's, it's well just... and Warner Brothers like you said Phil led, kind of put that's why I say like I agree I, I did like Watchmen that Snyder did but like for certain Snyder movies like I know I wasn't a fan of Batman v Superman either but given Justice League I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because they wanted him to essentially get Justice League in two movies and he had a lot of developing to do and that's why the movie was four hours like Kevin said because Cyborg didn't get a backstory most people don't know who the hell Cyborg is and given the mother and like Snyder did a really clever way to try to introduce Cyborg and try to get him built up and like Kevin said he put it to where he did it the opposite way. Well, fine. If we're going to do a justice league, I'm going to set it up this way so we can do other smaller movies. Cause he, I think it's important to still have those movies. And I think Snyder recognized that as well. He didn't plan to just do the three justice league movies and call it a day. He did want to branch out and have these movies be directed by different directors, with tie into the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. You know, I feel like, um, they sort of have an idea where the solo films are going and I, and I don't see a, a collaboration like the justice league happening anytime soon. I would say maybe three or four years from now, perhaps, but I think Warner media slash AT&T are afraid of doing another justice league because they're afraid of how much money needs to be put in to make it versus how much money they're going to get back. Because again, they're, yep. they're not having faith in the fans. They're not having faith in, in who's directing, who's writing. The, at, the end of the, the end, at the end of the day, at and team is looking solely as, you know, the, the profit margins. If we're giving a, a million dollars, we want a billion dollars back. If it's costing us a billion dollars, we want three billion dollars back, you know, and and. That's exactly. hurtful. Disney's going to take a loss when Disney does it because they see the long term gain of it, even though they did make a profit. But Disney saw yeah. the long term gain. But I mean, look at if you look at the the history of 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 the MCU, I think out of the twenty three films that have been out for the MCU, not even half of those made a billion dollars. 
Yeah, and they're not. And it's not like they're like, oh, we're gonna cancel it. They're like, no, no, we have a bigger plan. Yes, we didn't get the billion dollars that we wanted from each and every single individual film, but people will rewatch it. They will buy our streaming shows to watch it. They will rent these movies. They will buy these movies. They will come back because we're interconnecting our world. So it forces them to come back. I mean, one of the biggest, you know, box office disappointments, in my opinion, for the MCU was Winter Soldier. But you ask any person who's ever seen Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's that's one of my top three. Exactly. But it didn't hit a billion dollars. But did was that a reason for Kevin Feige and Bob Iger and whoever was running uh, Disney at that point say, you know what, we're not going to do a third Captain America movie because this one didn't hit a billion dollars. No, they had faith in the fans. They had faith in the overall trajectory of what the MC was going to build. So they said some of them will not hit a billion dollars. Some of them will hit over a billion dollars. One particularly hit over two billion dollars. But at the end of the day, they're still coming out with these movies and they're coming out with the sequels and all that. I mean, look at Ant-Man. Ant-Man has not hit a billion dollars in either of their films. Still getting a third film. Yep. yep. You know, and that's what I think, you know, AT&T fears. They're, they're, not, they're not looking at the long trajectory. They're, they're looking at the short outcome of it. You know, can this movie give me what I want? Which, you know, surprised me with Aquaman because, you know, I'm not a fan of Jason Momoa's portrayal. Um, I don't think, you know, he, he's doing too much. He's giving us like the surfer boy. Um, wait, wait, you don't want, you don't want surfer dude. Aquaman. My man. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like he could be coming right out of California. Um, like, hey yeah. man, what's up? But you know, it, it was a three hour reason the film, watch first it, of all. Though. Like my wife says all the time, how is. That's all she comments on. <laughs> yeah. And we watch. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh my God, he's so good looking. I was like, okay, but like, that's not telling me that he's doing a good job. Like, I don't think <laughs> he's doing a good job in the role. And I'm, and you know, if Jason Momoa ever hears this, I'm sorry. Um, I think you're a good person. <laughs> oh, don't, but Kevin, don't I don't worry. think he's listening to he, us he right now. So, uh, yeah, no, but you know, but you know, that that was like such a, a, a one off because again, ATT is known to just look at the, the short outcome. They they're looking for profit and they greenlit this movie that lasted three hours. Now, mind you, I think that was mostly because um who was the director? John what was the director's name? He he was friends with, uh, yeah. I believe, with Walter Kamara. Yeah. You know, um, so I think that had a lot to do with it. But at the same time, that was a risky... Uh, James Wan, not John. James Wan. Um, he did Fast and Furious, didn't he? I think. Or one of the Fast and Furious movies, I thought. Or did he do Star Trek? I thought he did something. No, James Wan's done some mostly horror, I thought. Oh, was it? I thought James there was somebody. Wan, yeah, it. horror movies. Yeah, he does. I he's think he's did the Conjuring. The, yes, movies. that's that. That's oh, him. okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I got um, you. Yeah, but again, you know, that was a risky move. But that's something that yeah, Walter so Hamada was like. Conjuring. I'm putting my faith and trust into a director that I know. So if he says that this movie needs to be three hours, we're making this movie three hours. And what happened? Yeah. That movie made a billion dollars. No one expected. Yep. Aquaman of all the DC new movies <laughs> for Aquaman to make a billion to yeah. be the one that makes a billion dollars. But again, that comes with who's directing, but that also comes from the people above them who is like, no, we have to have faith 
in the, the director that we chose. We have to have faith that they know exactly what they're going to do. And, and I rocks. think that's a good pinch part before we get on too long of a rant. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we can further that one. And as well, we can discuss the characters too, because I know that's what we're delving into right now. So yes. Welcome back everyone. Uh, that was a, I didn't want to cut you off, Kevin. Cause that was, you were on a good rant there and I want to say rant, you were making a lot of good points. Like and I was just so into it. And I looked down, but uh, <laughs> I think that's a good segue to what we're doing though. I wanted to discuss next with you guys, the characters of justice league. Cause yes. we kind of covered cyborg a little bit, but to delve into all the rest of them. And I don't know which one you guys wanted to start with. If we wanted to start with the big ones or focus on the smaller ones first and go up. If, if it was me, I think the first character to focus on is the new character which would be, uh, well, not new. He was referred to in Whedon's Cup, but uh, Darkseid in the Apocalypse universe. You know, because yeah. he's obviously not really, he's hinted at, you know, strongly hinted at in the Whedon Cut, but you full on see him in Snyderverse. You know, and I kind of like the presence of it. First, I didn't because I wanted to be tickle tease, kind of like Thanos style, but I kind of like the way they did it this way. I like Steppenwolf being, you know, the cast off and trying to impress because that fits more of his character. I feel like I, being great. And I think, I think that, that the way that they did it in this film and, and the way that Zack Snyder envisioned it, I think, you know, it further dives into the fact that he wanted to solidify and, and say, this is not in, this is not a story. This is not a film. This is, these are not characters for you to compare to the MCU. Kevin yep. Feige is doing something amazing with his own world. And I respect that. And, you know, the way that he's building his universe and the way that, you know, they tease in like three or four films, Thanos and here and there, this is not us. We're not here to tease you. We're here to deliver what you guys want. You want dark side. I'm going to give you dark side. It's not like, yep. let's, you know, cock your head to the, to the right, smile evil and then fade to black you know, or cut to black, I should say, you know, this one's like you, we, you want to see how menacing this character can be. Let me show you how menacing he can be, you know? And, and I, I, I liked, uh, um, just how much screen time dark side got because he could have been taking, um, very like short and it, like, Hey, this is one scene and that's it. Let's give you the backstory. And then that's it. And, they didn't he he gave you multiple scenes for you to see you know who he is where he started you know from uh baby dark side in the beginning when all the gods were fighting him and you know yep. man sea creatures and gods got together even you know yep. green lanterns got together to fight baby dark side and how they defeated him and the potential of what that means with the justice league that no matter how many times Darkseid comes, he can only be defeated if everyone works together and united. You know, they did it back then and they sort of have to do it again with Justice League and they'll have to do it again in the future when Darkseid comes, you know, to Earth one final time, you know? So I really appreciated that. Um, that that's what they showed us. They, you know, it wasn't just a small tease. It was literally telling you, this is the big baddie. He's the one that's running everything that's happening outside of earth. Um, so fear him, you see him, fear him. So I, I really, really, really liked it. I love granny goodness, even though she didn't do anything. Um, no, but she's still there. Yep. They show her, but she the was still there, even though she looked like a human, she was just like a giant human. Um, yep. And, you know, I, I just like the fact that he didn't have to say much to, to show you 
No, you I'm know he boss. means You know yeah. he's been, he's still that they did a great job of still making him intimidating when he's looking through the boom tube at him. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that even and I like that they tied because I don't think they did this in the Whedon cut. I like that they tied the anti life equation to it too. Because mm-hmm. obviously that's what Dark Side is obsessed with. And I like that they tied that into the movies of that's why he likes Earth. It's not just because he lost, it's because he just discovered that's, them through step. That's where the anti life equation is. That's where it was left off the last time that he came to Earth, and that's where he needs to go get it. Now, mind you, I thought that was a little comical, and I, I, I wanted to know why no one thought of this. Do they not have GPS tracking or, or something like that? <laughs> you mean to tell me that, that you, Darkseid, with your alien spaceships, came to Earth once before decades or centuries ago. You were defeated, and you can't remember where you left it? Exactly, right? <laughs> I was thinking. See, that's where I got. This is where I was gonna jump in at one you at one point or another. I liked Darkseid, and I think he's very ominous. And I think that he was spectacular at the end, like that when all the Justice League were staring right at him after they kicked uh, Steppenwolf's head to him, and that was just this impressive force. You're like, okay, now that's a big guy that you know you're going to have to fight in the end. I just don't like the fact that there's so much lore about Darkseid. Actually, um, Starling created Thanos because of Darkseid yes. and Jack Kirby. Yes. And Jack Kirby, his world, the fourth world, delved so much into Apocalypse, and this was a comic that was the best thing you could ever read. And I'm saying that there's so much lore that's left out there, and it's a shame because I thought they were going to do a new gods movie. They could well, really well, they could make... cover so much, yeah. Like they're Orion, still doing the new gods movie. Are they not wow. doing the new gods movie? I thought they were. I thought they canceled that. Oh, I don't know. I think it's still going. I think Kevin's right. I think it's still going because you could do Orion, the baby swap. Like there's so much lore to that. Exactly. That yeah, because uh, and... Anna Anna DeVries, I think, was supposed to direct that one. Okay, because I wasn't sure because like. It was all see with DC they announce all this stuff so far in advance, kind of like Marvel does. But then this happens, like mm-hmm. you know, Whedon, they just kind of cut off, they kind of just stop doing things, or it never comes to fruition. And that's what I was worried about. But as I was going back to that, what bugged me the most, and I agree with you being comical, is that he came to Earth the first time, and he didn't realize number one that it had the anti-life equation when he was there. Like, he went to the exact same point where Steppenwolf saw the equation, had the mother boxes there, and I know he was just a young, skinny version or baby version, but you, you're going to tell me that instantly out of that, you, you get beaten, you don't want to go back, and that you didn't get any type of records or any type of sense that the anti-life equation there... And all these heroes and all these essentially demigods are there protecting this big, you know, this big secret. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it made no sense to me. I'm like, you know, this guy's supposed to be omnipowerful, supposed to be the god. It's supposed to be essentially somebody you can barely defeat. And for some reason, he can't figure out that there was no equation there, can't get back, and, you know, it's just, I don't know, there's a lot of things 
that made me question their decisions with um, Darkseid. But there are some great things. I think things Batman v Superman it. did it better at the end there, of, even though it was Steppenwolf talking to Lex Luthor when he was in the, the yeah. Kryptonian ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Kryptonians. Like it, it makes more sense that Darkseid didn't want to go there until the Lantern Corps was what, you know what I mean? Like similar to Thanos until he knew all the gems were. Uh, it right. made more sense that Darkseid knew the anti-left equation was there, and he's like, I gotta wait until Superman's dead or the Lantern Corps is wiped, like, and which happens obviously, but you know what I mean? That would have made more sense of, I'm not going there until Superman's gone. Yeah, and like, and you know, and that's what we got, you know, with the beginning, that's why, you know, the, the mother boxes, you know, were turned on, and that's why Stephen Wolf finally came to Earth, because, you know, with the last Kryptonian, you know's death, there's no yep. one stopping him. I was just, uh, I just felt like that, that those lines, you know, it, it should have been like, oh, the last Kryptonian's dead. Okay, go for me and look and look for the, an, um, what's it called? The uh, anti, anti-life, anti-life, equation. anti-life equation. Yeah. You know, yeah. not like, oh, sir. It's been here all along. Like, <gasps> shocking. He's like, what? Yeah, no, they could have twisted it better. I agree. Because then you that know, makes I, sense. I, I felt, Having him I as felt... a scout, like, lay the groundwork for me to come here. Get yeah. the plan. Yeah, ready. like, you know, I thought at the beginning, it was like, okay, they, he came to, he's, he sent Steppenwolf to Earth because the mother boxes are there and because the anti-life equations is there. Yes, let's go. And then that one line, I'm like, oh, so it was a coincidence that he came back to the same planet that kicked his ass eons ago how do you how do you not remember what planet kicked your ass (laughs) exactly yeah i mean to near death and also too with kryptonian he was there centuries centuries ago Mm -hmm. how did like superman just didn't get there till you know what is he now in his mid-30s maybe 40s or something like that yeah so there was never a kryptonian anywhere till Superman hit. So why couldn't in all those centuries, why couldn't he come back and say, okay, well, I'm going to stomp you out again. I think it would have been tied in better if it would have been the gods, like like Wonder Woman's dad, like Zeus and them. If it would have been them waiting for them to perish or waiting for the Lantern Corps to disappear. You know what I mean? Like that would have made Because those would be the real threats. And I, sorry to cut you off, Jeff. No, 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 you're fine. How much of a Lantern Corps is there when you got one freaking lantern, that's all I saw. Like, I mean, no, you got you got two lanterns. No, you got the lantern when lanterns? they were fighting. Yeah, there's a couple um, of them in there. When they were fighting um, Darkseid eons ago, there was the one lantern, and then yeah. in the nightmare sequence, you got the other lantern a who few, was dead. Yes, yes. So yeah, and and that was you know was something that um what you call it um Zack Snyder had teased. You know, he wanted Ryan Reynolds to be in his Justice League. Um, but he was, I guess, told no, that he couldn't have him or something. That's the rumor. But he did want Ryan Reynolds to show up uh, as the as one of the Green Lanterns. He said, I think he said he had two Green Lanterns to appear in the Justice League film. But he, I guess he was told that he couldn't. Um, so we did get a little bit of the Green Lanterns tease. Not the whole corporation, obviously. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but. He did get the te- he did get a little tease in there with two characters um, to show up in the past and in the future. Nothing in the present. I don't know why, but yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, um, I think that was. Yeah, it, it... Yeah. Huh? No, no, you're good. Keep going. I was gonna say, yeah, they, they oh. wanted a cameo. It was rumored that obviously they wanted him in there, but. Yeah, I just felt you know that was like the the one thing that I felt 
was a little bit of a downside with with dark side is is the fact that that one line changed what my trajectory of dark side was a little bit and it's like mm-hmm. oh yes this planet almost destroyed me i forgot it even existed and it's like <laughs> okay cool yeah, Bob got his head and had amnesia from that axe splitting him but uh, exactly so i did love his omega beam though yeah, that was pretty sick. Uh, so we covered Darkseid because he's a new character. Another new one, and this one won't take as long because he literally was in about 30 seconds of the movie, but uh, Martian Manhunter. Because he was rumored to be in it, and he was not, I believe, in the Whedon cut either. No, he was not. No. No, he was not. I, and I think and I think Martian Manhunter wa- uh, was, I believe, the replacement of Green Lantern. Um, yeah. So he oh, couldn't really? get Green Lantern, so he got Martian Manhunter which, you know, Zack Snyder has said that he's always teased because it was his idea to have uh, Martian Manhunter since Man of Steel, since he cast Man the Steel. role in, in Man of Steel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, to, to me, I felt like, though, it was kind of a waste. Like, I felt like that Martian Manhunter, I, I liked him and it was really cool, but it felt like just kind of a weird, weird waste. Like, all he did was he transformed into... Um, Martha Kent and convince Lois to go back to work, but why? I don't understand. Well, now I do now is because she had to convince to have you know Martha or what's her face um, Lois Lane go down back to the site. Yes, where Superman will be resurrected, so she can say, "Hey, Superman, you know, come back. You know, stop killing people. Stop going." I think they did it more as like Kevin said, a cameo. It was more meant to be a wink, wink. They didn't intend to have a significant story portion. They were just doing it set up future movies with him because he is a Justice League member. But to just time, he is. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, I think the character was more of a fan service. I don't know if the Martha sequence was originally intended to be Martian Manhunter at the end, or if it was supposed to be, you know, Martha herself. Um, you know, which yeah. which I I had, you know, uh, a conflicting hate and love for it because this was the this was a very pivotal moment in Lois's character story arc for the film where she had to decide whether she wanted to continue not living a life you know, mm-hmm. even if though her boyfriend sacrificed herself or to honor his his death and continue living. You know, I thought it was a very powerful moment because you have a character who we both know as an audience, they have such a strong relationship. You know, you have the mother mm-hmm. and the daughter-in-law and I'm like, oh, that's a really nice story. And then it wasn't the mother-in-law. It literally was just yeah. a guy dressed up as her. And I'm like, okay, I understand that too because they too also had a relationship and he wants her to move on. I just felt it wasn't the right time for Martian Manhunter to appear. He could have appeared anywhere else in the film, you know, as another character. I just don't think for what that scene's importance was that it should have been revealed that it was Martian Manhunter who was portraying Martha trying to console Lois. You know, I think it weakened totally the, the, that scene completely because it's like, it's not a mother different way that she was at the plaza. Yeah, like you said, I kind of, yeah. and this is the one area I think I do like the Whedon version better of Batman when he's just bringing the big guns out for like Bruce knows Lois is the key to him. I kind of like that more if she's in the plaza because Bruce has her as a backup plan for Clark. I kind of yeah. like that better and having Martha be Martha Kent and legitimately yeah. versus 
destroying the plaza, having Alfred with her, and that Bruce keeps an eye on her at all times out of respect to Clark when Clark's dead. Like, he's always keeping And also, too, that could work into the Nightmare version, because in the Nightmare version, Lois, you know, essentially dies. That's what causes Superman to go into the dark Superman Mm -hmm. and cause what the... And also being pregnant, because that's hinted as well with the pregnancy test and stuff. Yep. Them to be... Yep. Um... I did like I think I, I I and I was trying to like when I was watching the Zack Snyder it it just felt off uh that whole um a uh, Batman versus Superman moment I'm like wait why when is Batman going to ask for someone to bring Lois I was like that that is the whole moment that you know she calms Superman down I was like is he, I, was like, I know she just calms him down yeah. showed up knows it, randomly yeah. she was there as a coincidence I was like you know I. I, I didn't know I was like wait what happened um and yeah. so like I was like I that I was like I think I liked the fact that Bruce planned because as we all know Batman always has plans for how to stop any of the Justice Leagues you know and I think that's something that the Justice League got right he knew that it wasn't so much she's the key but that's one of his weakness that is one of Superman's weakness he doesn't have the kryptonite right now to make Superman stop, but he has the next best thing, which is the love of his life. So I, I like that calculative moment where it's like, if something goes wrong, I have a backup. It's a human, but I still have a backup. And that makes him like, Whereas, that's, that's kind of like yeah. Bruce's MO for Batman. Yeah, yeah. he has a, he knows all the Justice League members and their weakness, so he always keeps a reserve in case. Exactly. Being precautious. And I agree. I like that. And I felt like and I think it was like a coincidence. Yeah, I don't like the coincidence. I think it's better with Bruce knowing because it would make sense because Bruce did keep an eye on her and stuff. It would make mm-hmm. more of a story sense for this. But going into a segue with that, since we're staying with the characters, um, for uh, Batman, we I know Phil hinted at it earlier, his portrayal. Um, did you guys like the portrayal? I know, like I said, I like we just talked about we like the Whedon version of this, but I think in Snyder's cut, I do like the fact of him being much more, I don't want to say of a team player, but much more compassionate Bruce of willing to work with others and Superman's death being the eye opener for him of, I can't do this alone. You know, I liked it. I liked, I, I, aside from that one moment that I think really defined, you know, how calculative uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman is. I like the Snyder verse better. Um, I think he, in the, in the, in the justice league, he didn't share the blame. He didn't share his grief so it was very much internal and he he very much sounded um how do i say like i have to do this you have to follow me i'm the leader i say what needs to happen you guys are here because of me i got you all together you guys shut up i need to bring uh um clark kent back i need this i need this whereas in the snyder cut i felt he was more like I'm a team player. I think we all know what needs to happen. And I think I, I, I just felt like Batman in this one was more of a, a like I said, a team player rather than, sure. you know, this asshole of a leader. Sorry if I can't curse on your show. Um, no, no, no. You, we mark it explicitly. So oh, okay. away. Phil kind of rooted for everyone already anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, I just felt like he was more, he was more of a team player. Um, I even like the fact that, you know, um, a couple of times he tried to be the funny man and like, 
it no. was it was almost like when you cringe at a dad joke it's it's funny but you're like oh yeah. did you really need to be that way you know I, and i felt like that that was just a lot of you know character like layers for for batman himself a lot of the characters had a lot of layers in this film because it was four hours long so if you didn't have layers in a four-hour film what were you doing um <laughs> but yeah i felt like batman slash bruce wayne had a lot of character layers you know he he was the leader but he wasn't as pushy of being the leader as he was in the in in the justice league you know um and there was more of of a respect for every other member including diana whereas in I was gonna, in the justice league I, it was um, just like them two were going at each other and they were trying to play it off like oh it's because they have sexual chemistry and it's like no they're literally fighting in front of every other team player for every single thing that batman wanted to do yeah. you know you had united, wonder woman exactly yeah that they should be united so phil i was going to touch base with you what do you think about that with diana and bruce's relationship like, because that's I when I feel, feel like it is more like Kevin was saying, a natural relationship to where, yes, there's a little bit of wink, wink or romantic interest. But like Kevin said, it, it to me at least seems more natural. Like they both went through hell together, be a Batman, be Superman, that they're more empathetic towards each other. Yeah, I agree. Going off of, going off of Kevin, I feel like this version, the Snyder version, really humanized Batman a lot, like made him more caring other than just kind of that stiff old man. I know they're trying to go for that dark night in the comics and we're Batman versus Superman, but I felt like this one, he felt the burden of Superman's death. He felt the burden that was kind of like his fault. It was his fault that, you know, everything was going to hell and he had to do everything he can to fix it, to do it for his friend, because Bruce was the one that actually understands him, knows that he feels like an alien also, you know, he feels like an outsider because he's lost everything. It's very compassionate. And I felt like this version really made the interactions between Wonder Woman and Batman seem sincere. Like they're not just, oh, either adversaries or one, you know, line and jokesy, you know, each other. This is more of a human relationship that there's going to be fight in between, you know, a little power struggle because she might know what she's doing, but Batman is more compassionate because he knows that, you know, she came from Themyscira and she's kind of a fish out of water. It just, it ties it into a better relationship. There's respect. And more human, yeah, yep. and more human relationship and more respect than what the Josh Whedon did and we're just kind of either one line in or completely fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. No, I agree. I think like you guys hit the nail on the head, both of you with that one. And I think and the only reason I haven't touched too much on Diana is because I felt like she's the one character that's kind of been mostly the same throughout it. Mm-hmm. Like I know they added a little bit more action and made her more badass, but I feel like the other characters we covered, especially cyborg. I know Kevin hit a lot of cyborg earlier, but one character I wanted to touch on before we hit break, the last character, and I mean, we could touch on other ones too, but the one I really wanted to focus on too, who I felt like got more screen time was Flash. Especially in the yeah. beginning, what you guys thought about wow. that and whoever wants to chime go ahead. The only thing I noticed was he had more backstory besides just his dad. Like we got with him trying to apply for a job, you know what I mean? Like we got more backstory on Flash and as well yeah. as 
cool usages of his powers too. Kevin, do you mind? Kevin, do you mind? Go right ahead. First? All right, I'm gonna say first of all, I'm torn with this character. I like the Flash, and I like Barry Allen, and I like Ezra Miller. Uh, they're pretty good, but yet though, there's something about it at times. I thought in this film didn't fit with the film. Like he he did get he got he added levity and comedy to the film, but there's times where I felt like, um, no offense, it felt like he was either the most excited uh, fanboy, you know, or genius. And then the next thing he was, he was just this awkward, can't understand social cues. So he has like kind of Asperger's syndrome. And that's, you know, I don't know if I like that kind of character. But he did have a lot of funny parts to it. He did a lot of levity. And he did really help out other characters with making them more humanized. Like, him and uh, Cyborg, all their interactions were great. I loved them. Like just the little fist bumps when they uh, when they were defeating all the parademons and saving all the people. Um, also, his scene with Iris West, you know, the hot dogs in the face scene that I was kind of <laughs> like, okay, you know, sweet. Um, but it was cute that he saved her and just kind of brushed her hair over. And, you know, he was in this job interview, but yet, though, he had the wherewithal to still use his powers and kind of just blow through everything and really do a heroic, you know, a heroic act. And overall, he's just a real fun character, and I kind of really excited to see what they do in his own personal film you know his own solo film but at times as i said again i was kind of torn because i'm like this feels like more like an mcu character which i like but it didn't fit i felt like with the dc universe i I liked it because i thought it was more of a comic relief and that was the purpose of flash i know what you're saying um, a quick question for you guys with Flash. Was it the same actor who's in the, the Nightmare universe or yes. no? Yeah. He it just is? Because I'm like, hair. he looked different. I you know he's supposed to be older. Yeah, just, yeah, is a, it the same actor? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I have a love-hate relationship with this character for in the, in, in the, in the DCEU. <laughs> so you and Phil are in the same boat then. I Like I said, I liked him personally. But... I, I I liked him when he him. was with his I dad as Barry. He's alike. I thought yeah. those were great moments. Um, a very down-to-earth uh, character, very humble, of you know, and 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 average um, for for metahuman. The yeah. fact that you have this metahuman who has an average story. You know, his father is in jail. Yes, there's non-average reasons why his father's in jail, but you get to see him being yeah. just an average person applying for a job seeing his father in jail you know and not being able to do something just like every time anyone has anyone in jail it's like i want to do something for my family i cannot there's nothing that you know i'm trying to but i can't yet um Mm -hmm. and i and i and i i loved him more as the flash than as barry um and i like the choices that were made creatively for the character as barry i mean as flash himself um, but I, I agree. I, I felt he was very much childish um, when he was around everybody else. And it's like, 
the end of the world is coming. That's literally what we're recruiting you. That's what we're talking about. And he just felt, you know, like he was on the spectrum, which is a total choice. Yeah. It is is a very good choice. I just felt it was a little off for the character. And, you know, maybe he was the way that he is because he already has such a dark moment in his life that he needs to um, balance that out with humor, you know, with everything else. And maybe he's not socially enabled because he hasn't lived a life of being socially enabled. He's reclused himself because of, you know, his past with his father and what's happened to his mother. Um, which again, these are all choices. I think it should have been, you know, dived into more for us, for me to feel that better. Um, but as Flash, I think he was wonderful. One of my favorite sequence um, comes at the two hour around the two hour mark when the debris is falling on the building of the hostages, and you just see them. You just see the, the camera is is tilted upwards for you to see like the gray smoke and the and the lightning. And you just see like silhouettes of Flash here and there in different poses, trying to like oh, stop the debris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was one of my awesome. favorite moments. I was like, uh, that sold it for me. <laughs> so yeah, it's, that's it's actually a, a really good segue point. That's a really good segue point because we're gonna take a quick break. I was gonna use that to segue into the action sequences because obviously all the fight scenes and the sequences were the main difference. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna segue that when we come. And we're back. Uh, you guys are both making a really good point on Flash, and I know I was going to segue to action sequences, but there was a couple of characters that we do want to cover still in that regard. Is there anyone? Is there any points people want to make on Flash before we move on to a different character? Because I know we had to kind of cut it short with him at the very end. Um, no, I would say though to give props, uh, the 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 speed scene at the very end, I think, was very drastically different from the. Justice League. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Flash's whole point of the whole fight sequence was to get the uh, Ukrainian or the Russian family who was somehow wrong, wrong time. Yeah, and then yeah, D- Gabaski. I think is what out. he says. I was like, yeah. I was like, this is a joke compared to what Zack Snyder gave us, which was a very, very um, big character development moment and you got to see that you know flash was learning throughout the film on who he needs to be and who he wants to be and how he was saying the same words that his father was saying which is kind of like the run berry run um but it it was more like you know his father's words you know you have to live for your future You, you you have to live for your past you have to live for every moment and he literally just ran so fast that he turned back time and I don't know if, you know, a lot of people were able to see that, but everyone exploded and died. Um, And he was the one that was was running towards it, but running backwards in time. And I thought that whole sequence was so beautifully done. The the up-close shots of his face, the the hand movements, and and the, the visuals from, you know, the bird's eye view. I thought all of that was so well done and so beautiful that you're like, if this is what you're going to give me in the Flash movie, this type of, you know, trickery with his metahuman power, this is beautiful. Um, yeah. So I thought that was uh, that was a, a very a very big difference between the Flash of Justice League, who was comical and very much weak, compared to the Zack Snyder that really respected the character and his powers. He saves everyone because, like you said, even Superman, you see their skeleton, like they die from this, yeah. and Barry's the one who runs back and basically saves them all. And in addition, yeah. you see a little bit of his healing powers because he gets shot with the laser, 
yep. and see him start to heal up. So they did do a lot more justice with the powers of the Flash, at least more respect to what he can do. And yep. they kind of show better of that he's not just a fast guy, it's he's drawing his power from the speed force. And that's where the lightning and everything, like they just do his power mm-hmm. so much better in this. Yep. But so I was going to jump then to the next character because we covered Dark Side, we covered Flash, we covered some other ones. I was going to say we should probably focus on Steppenwolf then because he is a different character, not just in design. Mm-hmm. You know, his armor looks so much cooler in this one, but his motivations are different. Like, he no longer wants to basically, you know, have sex with mother boxes. At least that's what it looked like in the Whedon version. Where he's like, oh, mother. Like, what <laughs> the I have no idea what the hell he was going on about. Norman Bates it, mother. <laughs> and it makes so much more sense for his motivation to be he's trying to retake the planet Darkseid failed to take and then discovers the anti-life equation and blah, blah, blah. Like, it makes much more sense for him. Like, I feel like Steppenwolf was a much better villain this time around. I liked his face better. I think the CGI face from the Justice League, I was like, why don't you just use Liam Neeson's face and just added some practical effects to make him like an alien? Um, so yeah. I hated his his CGI in the Justice League. I was like, this doesn't look like an alien. This literally just looks like a really bad CGI version of Liam Neeson wearing horns. And I was like, I don't understand why they couldn't just pay an actor to do it. It probably would have cost them less money. Um, I like I liked Steppenwolf's um, body armor. And it's it's weird because the body armor sort of gave you an idea of his emotions. Like, if he was agitated or angry, like, some of his oh, body armor oh. would spike up. Yeah. Um, so, I, I like I like that. I like Steppenwolf's uh, motivation of trying to get back into the good graces of his nephew, who, you know, is, of course, Darkseid, um, and just trying to get home. So, I, I, I like the fact that he had more of a, of, of a different type of motivation as to why he was seeking these mother boxes. Um, so I, I like Steppenwolf. I loved the uh, end fight sequence. I thought you literally saw that there was a, that it could have been a hit or a miss. Whereas in the in the Justice League, it was like, oh well, we know that they're gonna defeat Steppenwolf. Like there, it's it's a movie. It has to have a happy ending. And in this one, you really saw how much more of an aggressive fighter he was. Like he wasn't gonna let himself get beaten. Um, so he fought till the very end really hard. And, and I, and I like that because he's a warrior. He's an alien warrior. Yeah. Um, and I love that Diana went for the head. You know, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> they, they learned from infinity war. They're like, no, we're going to cut yeah. your head off. Um, that was a bad funny. fight sequence of how aggressive yeah. he is. Like you said, and I love how they show the power level to where, you know, Diana's going toe to toe with him, and then I just love how Superman just absolutely eats like eats his lunch. Like Superman just wrecks him. Like, which which was a really goes. good sequence too, because you you were able to see that Superman. There's something off with him in that sequence because he wasn't just fighting Steppenwolf. He literally was taking out anger, and he was oh, pouncing yeah. at the dude. So it was it wasn't Superman. It wasn't all there. There's there's something off about this Superman now, which you know leads to the possibility of the nightmare sequence. He never fully recovered. He's not the Superman that was before he got buried. He literally just 
fought and laser beamed and fought and laser beamed to the point I was like, I, I'm, I'm just gonna see a, a, a smushed face at this point with how much you're hitting this dude. And that's kind of going back to the nightmare sequence a little bit. And I think that's a good point you make, Kevin. If that would have been a better motivation for Joker saying, this is your fault. Like, instead of saying, you won't die, if Joker said to him, you brought him back. Like, this mm-hmm. is, you brought this. And that that's what's kind of hinted, if I remember correctly, from Whedon, uh, not from Whedon, from Snyder saying it, that, mm-hmm. yeah, Darkseid comes, but Superman kills Darkseid, and that nightmare still happens. It's Superman running all of them. It's Superman who's evil. You know what I mean? Like, Darkseid yeah. obviously too, but that's what they hint at, like, when Bruce gets laser beamed to death and uh, Batman be Superman. By that point, Darkseid's dead. It's literally Clark. Just, he takes over. He's the mantle and blaming it on them. Now, yep. I thought that was opposite. I thought that it was Superman was actually working for Darkseid. Yes. Well, the answer to that equation, they showed that, but they also, I think I remember somewhere Whedon saying that they they do help him successfully overthrow Darkseid, but Superman, because the planet's still destroyed, or like that, Hmm. that he takes it out on them, because he's the one in that after sequence with Deathstroke hunting them. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I think Steppenwolf was was a very much better developed character, better CGI, um, than than the Justice League version. I think, you know, it, it was ten times better than than the previous reincarnation of them. Yeah. And well, um, no, no, sorry, go was... ahead, Phil. I was going to say for Steppenwolf, what were your thoughts? No, actually, because Kevin and you guys pretty much killed it. I was going to go on to Wonder Woman now. Go for it, yeah, because that's another, that ties it in too, yeah, to go for it. Because there's really not much I can add about Steppenwolf that's already, that hasn't been said already, but with Wonder Woman, I liked her, and I thought she was good in this film, because I I love Gal Gadot, and she's great as Wonder Woman, and her solo films have been really good. 1984 was so-so, but I mean, it wasn't as good as the original one, but she has had her moments this i felt she was a little bit one note you know i know she had some good interactions with um batman and a few of the other leaguers and stuff like that and i really liked the scene when she was going through um kind of like the tomb raider scene where she went down in the big temple what was it uh lake near greece she went down the temple and she saw all the history <laughs> of yeah, remember brain shot um, of dark side and the mother boxes, and she kind of knew what was coming, so she's like, she could be really prepared. And I do like that, and I do like the fact during the, her action scenes that she saved, you know, the kids and everybody, and she really did kick ass. Now, on the other hand, I thought she went really extreme. By essentially didn't she overkill that dude a little bit don't you think oh my god oh my god yeah she fucking vaporized <laughs> did she really need the she did the same attack the hand that she did on steppenwolf was that really necessary in a rando <laughs> yeah exactly you didn't need to and she destroyed the whole the whole building like it looked like an explosion <laughs> and it's like if i was the cops i'd be like oh my god all the kids are dead you know it's like i would be like i'd be like freaking out and then you just see her you know go up to the kids like here you go, thumbs up, you're all safe. <laughs> and after seeing her literally fucking vaporize a guy by snapping her wrist together, wouldn't you be like, um, 
Yeah, I'm a little nervous here, man. This is really freaked out. And even she kicked guys, and like when they hit the back of the wall, their head. Oh yeah, you see the blood exploded. Yeah, and I like that. It's kind of cool. I mean, makes it more violent and more, uh, you know, real. Not real. I guess it is realistic because again, if you're fighting a freaking god, and I would like to touch on that later in this podcast about the powers of all the heroes (laughs) and how strong over unfortunately overpowered they are but it's just so funny because i do like her but there's a couple of things with her that she kind of felt one note but when you didn't when she wasn't one note it was like holy shit she's just fucking i keep going back to she vaporized that guy listen (laughs) she vaporized him though but the real question is who makes the fedoras because that fedora (laughs) kept floating Right. That that Dude, thing survived. That survived. <laughs> I mean, literally, he was not his suit, atomized, not nothing. his body, but the fedora. fedora. <laughs> um, no, I see. I think the the problem the problem with both Patty Jenkins and Zack Snyder's interpretation of Wonder Woman is that they both go to either part of the spectrum. You know, um, she's not just a warrior killer and she's not just diana she is both that's why she's a demigod she's both a a god and 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 not a god um Mm -hmm. and and i think that's one of the things that a lot of people loved about the first wonder woman is that she always fought from the sense of humility and humanity um Mm -hmm. where she always questioned first the motive of the bad person and try to reason with that person first and then try to um, de-escalate the situation by taking away the, 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 whether the guns or whatever situation, whatever they were using as a weapon. And if, you know, she got cornered, then she would be like, you know what? I'm still a warrior. I got to kick your ass or kill you. And, yeah. you know, that I felt like the first Wonder Woman movie gave me that where she was very, um, methodical in the way that she fought mm-hmm. where it, it wasn't just like zero to 100 it was you know five miles then 10 miles then 15 and so on and so forth and she didn't want to get to the killing point unless she absolutely needed to which is part of like the whole like you know bracelets going off um it, it's, it's a move that she does when she's absolutely cornered and she has nothing else to do and, and I think that's one of the things that weakened the character in the film. It was the fact that she was too much of a warrior and not much of a human. You know, mm-hmm. you're fighting yeah. human beings. Yes, they kidnapped and they're about to explode a whole bunch of kids. But you already killed, like attacked all of his men. It was just one guy left. He literally had no more bullets. And... You are super fast, according to that whole scenario. So couldn't you just take the weapon away from him? Why did you have to, like, explode him? And, you know, the laws of physics running to this point, how far off do you have to be from that beam for you to not get hurt? Because clearly half the building exploded, well, half the wall exploded, but, like, Everyone behind her is safe. Is anyone to the side safe? Is anyone on the ground safe? So there was a lot of moments in that in that sequence where it's like, 
oh yes this is awesome that the, the, the angles just um the visual angles of when she's fighting i remember one where she's like sliding and you see yeah. just like it, it it was like a low angle camera and you see her knees and uh her legs and she just looks so godlike she was like i am you know a warrior you see my muscles you see every part that you know is, is popping out because i'm fighting and i was like oh my god you can actually see that this woman is like yeah. godlike um but then too godlike at some points where it's like you don't really need to smash kick this guy across the 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 building and have his head explode like i i just felt like she was too powerful and 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 i think that's you know zack snyder's visuals where it's like he wants her to just be the warrior and not the human and patty jenkins wants her to be just human and not the warrior which is one of my problems with wonder woman 84 it's like it's too much the other way too much the other way i like i wanted to snap i wanted her to snap max's head i don't i don't want you to be compassionate no he's literally ruining the entire world and he's not stopping he's not willing to so why are you still acting like a human this is the moment where you need to act like a warrior we're old man Dora. he goes (laughs) yeah yeah, human fedora dude gets fucking vaporized and i'm like why like just just have him arrested he's just a human like if he was a metahuman or if he was like you know a trickster god i would get it she had to but no it was just a guy who was an extremist yep Uh, just show the difference between like you said and this movie had a good chance to show both like she could have been the competitive side with that group with the terrorist group but then when she's Mm -hmm. fighting steppenwolf you see the bars come off because i feel like Zack Snyder wanted to show while she's powerful, you know what I mean, to not slight her in any way. And I respect that. But like you said, the point of it is to just be a good character to show both. Yeah. You should, you could have showed the difference of her being the warrior when she's fighting Steppenwolf or all the, uh, the freaking soldiers, you know what I mean? And like her just going mm-hmm. to town and the shit, like that would have showed her when she cut his head off. You know what I mean? Like that's like, yep. no, that's yeah. the end of the warrior right there. Like she can turn it on when she wants to. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, she was very compassionate. She was very human when she was working with her team. Like I was like, okay, this is your human side. You are a warrior, but you're you're again working with the team. You're not trying to be more powerful. You're not trying to lead. Even with yeah. Kalel, like Kalel at that time, which I find very respectful, by the way. Everyone calls mm-hmm. him Clark or Superman, and she calls yeah. him by his true name. And I was like, that's yep. and 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 as I watched this Zack Snyder one, I don't know. If she did it in the Justice League, or I don't remember, but she just calls him Kal-El. Like, I was like, that's such a respect because you know that that's his actual name and you're not calling him by what society has deemed him. You're calling him out of respect by his true name and she's the only one. And I'm like, that's mad respect. You're not calling him Clark. You're not saying Superman or Soup or Master Kent or whatever. You're literally saying Kal-El. I was like, that's beautiful. Um, but she was even at that point showing compassion. It's like, yes, you're showing compassion, but you know that this dude can literally rip the world in half. Why aren't yep. you trying to like stop him? Like you're, you're, you're being like, stop, don't hurt us. And it's like, okay, now I have to be the warrior. And he stopped you from being the warrior. I'm like, that's what Diana should be throughout any film. You know, she tries to talk, talk you out of what you're doing. She tries to, um, immobilize you she tries to stop you at any means necessary before going full warrior 
You know, she's very defensive until she needs to be offensive on the offense, sorry. And I feel like in the beginning, she was offense. And then towards the middle, she was defense. And then she got a mixed at the end. I was like, okay, I get it. But, you know, I, I like her more. I, I hope that Patty Jenkins and Zack Snyder team up to um, for the third Wonder Woman to get that balance back that we got in the first film. Um, yep. So hopefully we'll get that. We'll see. We'll see if Zack Snyder wants to continue working with Warner Brothers. Yeah. And I wouldn't blame him either personally, for that. But... Nah, personally, I hate to say it. I think Zack Snyder wants to. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's not going to happen because I think that WB, you know, got egg on their face from this whole fiasco right here. And they pumped in a lot of money into this, you know, into the original film that turned out bad. And then they pumped in even more money into this version. So trying to recoup that and having him there, because again, this is kind of like having a black eye because you know that this film turned out better way better and way different and a good vision uh, compared to that 2017 version. So now you got this black eye of Snyder was right the whole time. If you would have went with him, Mm -hmm. that could have worked. You just had to let him do it. Now they don't want to come out and say, yeah, we fucked up essentially and look stupid. And, you know, that's why I think that he wants to come back because, again, the money and – he'll be able to finish his stuff. Snyder's vision was different, like you said, and that's what separated it. Warner Brothers or whoever was looking at, at the time of the popularity of Marvel, they brought over Whedon to finish the project because they saw that humor was in, you know, with movies like Guardians and Avengers, and they brought in Whedon, and to be fair, and I don't think Whedon was a good mix for what they were going with with DC, but and I'll I'll kind of defend Whedon in one aspect here. It seems like they told him two hours, no more. You cannot yeah, go and that's it. And again, that goes back to AT&T looking at the profit margins of things. They weren't looking at the service of it. Um, yep. This whole this whole scenario between AT&T and Zack Snyder reminds me a lot of Sony and Spider-Man. You know, yep. uh, they did it with yep. Sam Raimi. They, yep. they, they interjected during Spider-Man 3. They're like, no, we need a profit here. You need to introduce Venom. And he's like, I don't know yeah. how to do this character justice. I don't want to do him. And they're like, you have to. And he's like, all right, it's going to be messed up, but there you go. And then they had to reboot it with the Andrew Garfield. And then they messed it up again in the sequel. They were like, nope, we're looking at profit. You have to do it this way. And then they messed it up and, and fans were pissed. And now finally they were like, Kevin Feige, can you hold our hands this time? And Kevin's like, <laughs> I'll hold it. But I'm leading. You are you are the child in this situation. And but yet, look though, at the success that it's having. But they even fought back, though, at that one point, too. Yeah. Even before the third movie, they saw that he did all the work and they could get all the credit. And they just said, well, you know, we'll just pull it back. And you'll see, because they got in that weird dynamic. They thought, well, you know, and all the hate and everything will go back on Marvel because we can do it our own and stuff like that. And they didn't realize it was going to go right back at them because mm-hmm. we know Sony's track record of the Raimi films and the Andrew Garfield films. So that's why they even got a little too big for the britches. And it's, it is the same exact situation mm-hmm. with Snyder and uh, AT&T. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, I, I agree. That... And I'm hoping that they give Zack Snyder um, 
the chance and the opportunity uh, to to further along because again we see from these characters, you know, even with like Superman, there there was a very drastic difference between the Justice League Superman and this Superman. You know, uh, not only just the black suit, but huh? Besides the CGI lips. (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's there's no mustacheless face. Um, you know, you you really felt something for the Superman. Um, I I I even I I my favorite sequence in both films so far with Superman because you know I dislike the character. I I don't like Superman at all. Is the fight that he has with the other Justice League uh, members. You know, it's handled very differently on on both spectrums, you know, in and the Justice League, I almost felt that it was like a comical type of scenario. Like, oh, it seemed like on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And and like like... this one, it was like, no, we're we're trying to stop the person that we know that can destroy us all from destroying us. But we know that he's our friend still in there. So we're trying to, like, save him. Um. So I, I, I felt like Superman himself in this film was very different from the Justice League. You know, the black suit was great. Um, I, heard, I heard a rumor that Zack Snyder wanted to give him a mullet, like in the comics, which is hilarious. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I thought, I thought the black suit worked. I don't know why Warner Brothers didn't allow it the first time around. Um, it, it should have been explained a little bit better that the suit is like See? a healing pod. It's a, it's a walking healing pod. Um, more well, so than I was just gonna like complain. a change. I was going to, sorry to interject no, with that, Kevin, but I was going to say, like, I wish they would explain why he picked the black mm-hmm. suit. Because again, in the comics, I know when he got resurrected from Doomsday, it really technically wasn't uh, Superman. It was actually Cyborg Superman. And then the Superman got resurrected after that, mm-hmm. you know, after a whole bunch of other issues. But I wish they would explain why he chose this one because i never even knew why i was like oh well is he just calling emo superman i mean or is it going to be that symbol of he's coming back from death or you know why is he going all black so from my understanding was the the black suit which is not supposed to have a cape but warner brothers was like no you need to have a cape because that's that's superman um the black suit itself is for in the comics i think is for healing it's supposed to be a healing suit um so it wasn't so much as just it, he's not trying to go Spider-Man 3 emo. He's not trying to go goth or anything. It literally is supposed to just be a suit that he wears to heal himself. Um, so I wish they would have explained that a little bit while he was like walking down the hallway. Like one of his like alien robots would have like, and here you have your healing suit where blah, blah, blah. Even though you're still in a weakened state, you need to use your powers without being hurt here's how you can do it um or at least he could have had like a one-off line with like batman where like batman could have said oh i see you're copying me like they do in avengers or something like that where they're like oh i see you're copying me with the dark colors he's like no i'm just healing i'm I'm still not a hundred percent you know or something to explain the suit you know that but that would even been cooler too because if superman destroyed steppenwolf and not even 100%, yep. imagine what people would have thought, holy crap, this is only maybe like 50, 60%. Which it is, if hey, you go Superman. back to what Kevin's saying, it's implied yeah. that he's not full strength. Yeah, and he's yeah. yeah, exactly. Could you imagine a full-on Superman would have just, you know, murked fucking Steppenwolf? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I think I think I, I like I like the Superman. Um and then you know, it goes back to Man of Steel. Yeah, and as much as I dislike Superman himself. Um, I did like the interpretation that that Zack Snyder gave us starting from Man of Steel because he's trying to be more human than just a symbol of like what a superhero is. Um, and you saw that, you know, with his scene with Lois and, and the scene with Martha um, and the fields. Uh, it, it showed that he is trying to be just an average man, but circumstances make him be more than just what he wants to be mm-hmm. yeah and um yeah i think that's a good uh segue into our well we can make it our last segment and we're going to take a one more break before we get to it of like uh you were saying phil i think a good last segment would be the power levels of all the characters because we kind of discussed superman a little bit but going into the mm-hmm. interpretation of the powers of all the characters and what you know what i mean compared to both the weed inversion and the comics you know, and how they interpret it. Yeah, them. and that can that can, that can roll into the action scenes too. Yep. That you know all tie together. One big package, almost like we know what we're doing, right? <laughs> so we're gonna take. A... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we totally planned it, by the way. But yeah, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap it up there. And we're back. Uh, so we're gonna wrap it into the last segment in the one giant shebang. We're gonna try to condense this down a little bit but it's gonna be hard because this is a lot like there's so much precaution with this movie or so many scenarios like we were just talking about off air like we have justice league we have the whedon cut snyder cut we have the new dc universe being rebooted we have what's this mean for the snyder verse what's it like but i think a good tie into this would be the power level of the characters that we just got done discussing a little bit kind of we hinted at like superman's and also wonder woman's i feel like mm-hmm. we kind of touched on flash and batman but I was going to cover, we can really dive into this now with the action sequences. I do like the Snyder version of aggressiveness that we covered in Steppenwolf, like especially mm-hmm. in the beginning, starting off. I do like how they did Aquaman. Um, the one I like the most is, I'm forgetting her name right now. I feel ashamed of myself in DC fandom, uh, Amber Heard's character. Mara? Mara, thank yeah. you. I like how, because her power is she can manipulate the water, right? And I love when she's fighting Steppenwolf, how she's draining the water from his body. The like blood too. Like yeah, yeah. It got to the point but, where blood was coming out of his face, and I was like, "This is amazing." This, I was like, "This is one of my my favorite moments of the film." It was ten yep, seconds agreed. long, and it really showed you how powerful she is, and that she can hold hold uh, hold her own in a fight. Yes, she got thrown, but she could literally fight back, and 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 I think that goes uh, with the respect that Zack Snyder has for the women in his film. They're yep. not damsels in distress. They're not someone that you can fall your face on their breasts to. They are literally there and <laughs> they can fight. They they can hold their own up against any man or creature. And I and I love that. He's like, oh, I, I forgot what he said. He's like trying to belittle her. And he's like, oh, that you can't do anything now. And you can't move. And she was like, I'm not trying to move. I'm literally going to do what my powers give me. And I'm going to literally get the life out of you with every single water molecule you have including your blood and i was like that's that's amazing amazing i'm mm-hmm. pissed that they didn't put that in the weed and cut and like you said it's just the difference and i like that she's in the nightmare verse afterward when aquaman's mm-hmm. killed she's still yeah. going you know she's still alive at the end making it to the end mm-hmm. but now here's was- where i'm gonna counteract with everybody and this is where we're gonna get into a 
probably a barroom brawl over this. Oh no, Phil! I... Don't tell me. Don't... You're <laughs> no, gonna cover. I loved... yeah. No, I mean, no. I'm I'm just gonna say, I didn't like that Josh Ween made all the heroes way overpowered. Like I feel like all of these guys, and I know that he's trying to make this epic kind of like. He was trying to make you mean Whedon like or Snyder? Greek... Uh, oh, I mean Snyder. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, Whedon, like... I felt like they, were, they weren't as strong. Like, Batman no. got his ass kicked about 90% of the movie in the Whedon version. With the yeah, exception. that's what I meant. But with uh, Snyder, he was trying to make them all, like, Greek gods. And I like that. But on the other hand, when I'm watching a superhero film, I want a little bit of realism, too, that, like, some of these heroes... I know they're all either a cyborg and you can, can't have them in real life and there's a Superman and a Wonder Woman, all that stuff. But I like that these heroes are more down-to-earth that have level kind of caps where somebody could possibly become them or become a hero where it's not like these people are just – they're just Greek gods. I mean no human could ever honestly fight them. I mean you could kill Batman, yeah. But honestly, could you tell me straight out, say that you could destroy any other Justice League other than maybe Batman? But even well, Batman I think there, I think there was two smart, reasons you know? for that, and I'll let Kevin interject in here too because I know he'll have a response. I get what you're saying, Phil, and I there's parts to it I agree with, but I okay. think that the film's doing this for two reasons. Number one is because they know they're trying to build this up to Dark Side. So similar yeah. to how Tony Stark and Iron Man was way stronger than he is in the comics. Like, Tony could not hold his own against Thanos, I'm sorry, in a one-on-one fight. But they had to bring his power level up because of Thanos. I feel like they're doing this to make it to where they can compete with Steppenwolf, Darkseid. You know, because I yeah. felt like in the film, Steppenwolf was beating them. It wasn't until Superman, because Superman yeah, entered true. that they were able to win. So Steppenwolf was beating them. They were beatable characters. It's just Superman was... And that's why Bruce was so hell-bent on bringing Superman back. One for redemption, but he's like, we're not strong enough to beat them. Mm-hmm. And I think they the film did a good job of that. Of They were strong. I agree. Some of them were slightly overpowered, but I think the reason they're doing that is to try to hint at they we need all these together to beat dark side so they're trying to ramp up their power level you know in my yeah. opinion see but, for me I though mean, like, i i actually like how overpowered they are because the the way that i look at it is you live in a world where you have you're walking the earth with a demigod an overpowered superhero and not in this version but in the reality of the dc you know you have aliens you have uh, rings that can be anything you want them to be. So if if you try to, you know, underpower any of the other characters that are not human, it kind of weakens who they are. You know, I, I like yeah. the fact that Batman is, you know, he has to one-up himself every time. You know, I, I, I actually like the fact that they, they are overpowered because these are overpowered characters. You, you try to take away too much of a God power from Diana. And it's like, then she's not wonder woman. You try to take away uh, Superman's any power. And it's like, well, that's not Superman, you know, cyborg, same way. Yeah. If anything, I felt that they bumped up cyborg for better because he is, he is an AI in a sense. So he can literally manipulate 
anything that touches technology. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, mm -hmm. especially now that he's part of the mother box. And, you know, uh, the fact that he can control money and he can control the stock. Yeah, they glossed over control... that, but that can't be it. Yeah, he could launch nukes. <laughs> he yeah, he can launch yeah. nukes. Yeah, exactly. He can do everything that that's connected to a computer. And I and I appreciated that because I, I was like, you know, Cyborg is a powerful character, but compared to a guy who you know the man of steel who can literally just break him in half how can he hold his own against superman how can he hold himself against wonder woman or green lantern or martian yeah. manhunter um so i, I like that and i and the, the one thing that i did not like uh was it, and it, it contradicts everything i just said was how underpowered batman was because we know that Batman is all about his yeah. gadgets, but Batman can can put up a fight. And I felt like in this film, he kept getting his ass kicked more than he should have. I, I think he relied too much on his weapons and not enough on his fighting skills. Because, you know, knowing the lore, he was trained to be a fighter. You know, he he yeah. should be able to hold up his own fight. And yes, he's a little older, but he's not like Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne old. Yeah, the end of life Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I felt I like that was like one of the weaker points. Yeah. But you made a good point, Kevin, to where I always understood Batman as this. If Batman v Superman covered, I think this part of him well. Hand to hand, you're not going to beat Bruce in a fight. If it, you have to have more powers, because if he's on the same power level as you, you're going to lose to him. Mm -hmm. And they kind of show that Batman v Superman. If he's on the same strength, you're going to lose to Bruce because he's just, you can't touch him hand to hand fighting. Yep. Yeah. And that's why, you know, and in the comics during the, you know, the Dark Knight comics, when he was in that bat armor suit, he did have a fist fight with Superman and he, he did hold his own. Yep. You know, I know he did get a little bit of kryptonite in there too, but he still, they were had a hand to hand fight. And it there were some good blows back and forth. Where in this film, Kevin, you're right. I didn't. I can't even. I'm trying to rifle through now when he actually had a hand to hand fight. I mean, I know he did, but it was a lot of like he used uh, the tank. He used um, his Batmobile. Mm -hmm. He used uh, guns. He used everything. You know his abilities, but he never really used. Yeah. You know, but he was just, fighting the like, the parademons and the hostage situation, and that and that's what that's when it irked me the most. He started yeah. fight. He started with the gun and started fighting the the parademon, and then he tried to shoot the parademon, but then the parademon hit the gun away from him. And instead of continuing to fight, Batman was like, "Oh, I gotta go get my gun." And I'm like, "No, you don't need it. You have other gadgets. Yeah. You have your your batarang. You have your 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 bat." claws that come out of your uh bracelet like you have you have an artillery of weapons in your belt like and you have your fighting skills why aren't you using this they should be doing it more so like what happened with you know who did a good job and i know we keep hearkening back to it but they should have done it more like marvel avengers with black widow like hand to hand you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they should have put more hand to hand situation of oh shit he is a badass yeah he ain't going to fight Steppenwolf. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves, but yep. he should be able to take parademons one-on-one. -on -one. And I, like I said, Marvel did a very good job of that, I feel like, with Black Widow and uh, with the, in Wakanda and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, of, of showing that these people can hold their own still in a hand-to-hand. -hand. Like like you said, Bruce should have been able to. Yeah, he got his gun shot away, but he has so many other gadgets. Like, that's what makes him so hard to, you know, hard to beat and how he can mm -hmm. beat guys like Deathstroke and stuff. 
that's why I like Marvel heroes over sometimes. Like, I mean, the Snyderverse and this, the heroes were great, and I'm a big, big Superman fan. I mean, I loved Christopher Reeve uh, when he did those, the original movies. I mean, those, still, I got tons of Superman comics, but I just love how Marvel knows how to know the right level and the right kind of way to deal with their heroes where you go to the DC and they're either super overpowered or like Batman is just relying on his guns and completely forgot all the other tools in his belt or is just fists, you know, in his mind. And I think that's... Think of another thing, too, that bugged me. Sorry, Jeff. No, 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 go ahead. Batman is the world's greatest detective, correct? Then how did he figure out that Steppenwolf, where the fuck he was after he got, like, two (laughs) mother boxes? Like, did they just not, like... He said he had seven. He owned seven satellites. You can't tell me that you had to have Silas um, sacrifice himself in front of his son to just give you a ping of where the fucking mother box was. You're not. You're telling me that Batman's all the satellites couldn't tell that there was a, a giant tower being built. Dome. Yeah. Or there's parademons coming out of this old nuclear waste. You know nuclear site in fucking Russia? Are you, are you kidding me? Yep. I think that's a good that point for point. us too. And I think we hit on most of the power levels, like I said, and, and we could obviously, like I said, yeah. we could talk about this for like six hours if we wanted to. And I, I would be more than happy to do future episodes with you guys on this stuff like we were talking about. Uh, but yeah. I think this would be a good time because we got about 15 minutes of doing closing thoughts on it what you guys all thought of justice league as a whole for me, I can, I I mean, I guess I'll start. I would say, I think we all talked off air about it. I'd still say it's like a seven and a half and eight out of 10 movie for me. The Snyder verse anyway, not the Whedon. It's just a, I feel bad because it's a wasted opportunity to work. Even if it's not as good as Avengers, I was liking this as an alternative to Avengers. Like I don't mind the darker because I don't want it to be the exact same as Marvel. And I would have loved to see the Snyderverse carry out and have this vision of, because the sequel would have been a Nightmare Universe movie. Like, and I don't even care about, I know they could have built their own universe and had a great opportunity, but I'm just judging this as a whole as Justice League by itself. I would have liked to have seen that trilogy, honestly. Even if that was it, that's all they did was the trilogy and that's it. Like, I would have liked to see this alternate tell because it's something that hasn't been done before. Because yes, we got another Batman coming around the corner, but... It's like, okay, well, we're just rebooting Batman. Like, we would have seen a new side of Batman. That, yeah, we've seen the TV, the cartoon shows, Justice League, and in the comics, but we never seen this on the big screen yet. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked to see this side of it for all the characters. So, overall, I think the movie was really good. Um, like I said, four hours is a little bit long, but I think it works perfectly on HBO Max. I think it works perfect as a streaming. I broke it up in the two halves when I watched it. I watched two hours and two hours. And I enjoyed it. I think it was a much better version. It's the version we should have got, or they broke it up. I know they were contemplating breaking it up into two parts when they did it, but I think the moral of the story is when I see this movie is let people have their vision, like let people, because movies can't be looked at as a moneymaker. Yes, they make money, but it's just like video games. It's an art. You've got to let people tell their vision because even if it's not successful, that's how you lead to great things. You try to think about it as money. It's never great. Yep. Uh, I, I, I think I too, like I said, I, I, I would give it an eight out of 10. You know, there was, a, there was a couple of things that, you know, I was like, mm, these are not 
the choices I felt would have been made. But again, Zack Snyder has his home, you know, visual and vision as to what he wants out of them. Um, you know, there, there are still plot moments where I'm just like, really, this is, this is where you want to go with. Um, one thing that I, that I did want to touch base, I actually enjoyed the score of the film overall. Um, I think it really enhanced the film. Um, yeah, I, I, I rolled my eyes every time Superman's little piano m- melody came around and I'm like, Oh, there's, there's a Superman theme. Like, hello, here he is being old mopey. <laughs> um, the yeah. one that, the one thing that I, that, that I found strange, um, and I didn't like it was the Amazonian cry for Wonder Woman. I love the electric guitar. You know, I loved it from Batman versus Superman. I was like, yes, this this is her theme. I, I I like it. I just I don't know if it was done on purpose or if it was done as a joke. I just didn't like the fact that the Amazon cry came every time that Wonder Woman had her mouth open. Like you had yeah. like the Wonder Woman theme, <laughs> and then you had the Amazon cry, and at that exact same moment. Uh, Wonder Woman herself had her mouth open. I'm like, no, this should not. Like, why are you? Why? Why is this moment ruined? Um, so I, I, I like the themes. I, I like the score of of the songs. I, I, I actually enjoyed the the score overall. I, th- I thought it really did a lot better than than Justice League score. I can't even remember Justice League score. I was like, mm, I tried. I was like, no, there's nothing here. Um. But overall, you know, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I I think the nightmare sequence, if it was cut out, maybe would have made me give it a higher score. But because it's part of the film, I'm like, I didn't like that sequence too much. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that they at least give Zack Snyder at least HBO Max to explore further storylines. But I feel like because AT&T thinks of money only... I don't see them saying, you know what, we'll ma- continue making movies for the movie theater. You do your thing for HBO Max and then not have it backfire when people no longer want to go to the movies because they want to continue following Zack Snyder's lead. And it's like, I don't know if they're willing to give him more money or if they're willing to even give him the great story. opportunity because look how well it's sold. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hope it goes into theaters. I would I would actually sit there for four hours and watch the Zach, the the Snyder cut in movie theaters. I think it could have been done. Especially do a, do like old fashioned old fashioned movies. You have an intermission yeah. at like two hour mark, like when you go to see a musical. Yeah, I mean, he did it's say that after uh, before part five uh, um, was the intermission that he thought of if it went to the actual movie theaters. But I would I would honestly go to the movie theaters and watch it. And I would love to watch it in IMAX because of the visuals, because of the score. Um, so if HBO, if AT&T is smart enough, I feel like they should release it once the pandemic is over. Um, oh, or absolutely. it's at least subsided even further. Um, to at least make, not only make money out of this, but to, to see if it's viable to restore the Snyder Cut. If Avatar could be released 10 times over in movie theaters, we can get Snyder Cut in movie theaters at least. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I'll make mine nice and sweet. Comparatively to the Josh Whedon uh, Justice League, 
this one gets a 10 out of 10. But in general, <laughs> when the bar is yeah, so low. <laughs> yeah. In general, though, I would give this about a 7 out of 10 because it has a lot of things to love and so much potential. And it really does make DC feel different. Like, it's definitely different from Marvel movies. And it's a real beautiful piece uh, or it's a beautiful film that shows that when you give directors their creative freedom they can really put on a neat neat story but you gotta let them do it yeah on the other hand though it, it kind of bogs itself down with being too much trying to be this film and trying to do too many things and leaving too much on the table because, again, it feels like Snyder wanted so hard to keep going and keep it going and add two or three more films and side projects and everything like that. But, again, there's no guarantee of the life as in the movie industry. So you're just leaving us all on the table and leaving us with our hands out saying, shit, this is what could have been. Now we're left with who knows what in the future. So I'm just going to leave it there. Got the summary version for you, Phil. Don't worry. Phil's review, 7 out of 10, too much slow-mo. That's all you <laughs> Yeah, that's it. True. <laughs> that's slow. all you get. I think, seven out of 10, I think overall, <laughs> what what this film has really taught any everyone, and I hope the ears of Hollywood are, are cleaned and can hear, is you have to have faith in the process. You have to have faith in yes. your audience. If you are, if you are going... And, and, and this goes, you know, towards video game audiences, too. If you are going to create a movie based on a different media that has a history and it has a huge following, don't overlook them for the media that you know. You know, it, this movie was 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 presented to Warner Brothers. And the reason why they greenlit it. Um, was because Zack Snyder presented uh, the hashtag. He he presented the 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 Twitter feed um, for for Zack for for the for the Snyder cut. You know, release the Snyder cut was the thing, and and that's what got Warner Brothers to, to greenlit this this whole situation. So I feel like they should you know honestly t- sit back and look at themselves. And look at what was created because of the movement that a fan has. You know, never ever underestimate the power of a loyal fan. And I feel like this is a lesson that needs to be learned by Sony. It's a lesson that Kevin Feige knows. And it's a lesson that hopefully, you know, DC learns and and AT&T. And it's the money can come from your fans as long as you can make those fans happy. Not just your average movie theater goer, but the comic book fan that has spent countless hours reading, countless hours, uh, countless money buying these comics and every merchandise that comes with it. I mean, look at me with Spider-Man. If I see Spider-Man anywhere in a store, the first thing I'm like, I want to buy it. You know, so you have if you want the money, follow the source and the source is the fan. And I and I think they need to really understand that in order to go forward, you cannot hurt the fan. Like they did this time around. 
and I'd love to have you guys back on future ones because you know, and obviously people don't know this because we've had plenty of conversations off air. If yep. you ever want really want to see Bart, you ever really want to see a bar fight, just have Kevin's love of Spider Man cannot go understated, since it's really <laughs> me on, on island, me and Brandon on an island saying that Spider Man is a good game, where Phil and Kevin cram it down my ass that it's a masterpiece, and that if you want, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, that you'll see. That leads yeah. to like that was like a whole week's <laughs> worth of rants and text, me and Brandon against Kevin and Phil, essentially. Yep. But that's a yeah. whole nother episode. But no, I thank you guys for coming on. It was a great episode. Like I said, I would love to go into more detail. Um, and obviously, wherever people are listening to this, whether it be on, because this is everywhere for Geeks Who Watch Football. This is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever. Yeah, leave a review, leave comments, because I would love to do this as a segment with you guys. I know Phil brought it to my attention that he'd be more than one to come yeah. back if we want. So I know we have a football sure. segment. We have a video game segment. And that it is technically geeks who watch football. So I'd be more than willing to go into Marvel DC. You know what I mean? That'd be the third part of an episode. You know, if that's what people would like, you know what I mean? Covering the Marvel medium, the DC medium. So we can cover shows, comics, video games, even and tie it in. If we get a superhero game, you know what I mean? Like tying everything in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But thanks to you guys for coming on. Like I said, I hope to bring you guys on. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. And for those of you who listened all the way to the Thank end, you. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank you. And no more slow mo. No more. <laughs> Please, no more slow mo. I'm leaving it at that. Oh, all right. God. All right. Thanks, guys. See.